Hello, Marvelites. Welcome to This Week in Marvel, episode number 149. I'm Ron Panagos, a.k.a. Marvel's Agent M, joined by... Marvel.com editor Ben Morse. Holy crap, who would have thought we would ever get so close, sniffing distance, to the big 150? We need... What gimmick can we put on on next week's episode? That is... Um, I don't know. What are some of your favorite 150th issues of all time? <laughs> Think back. Dig deep. Uh, what, what was, was X Men? Uncanny X Men one fifty. I know this one. Yeah, that's the Magneto ones. No. no, that's two hundred. Oh. But one fifty is the one where the cover is him, like pushing forward, and Kitty Pride's on the ground because he messed her up, and Storm is like standing over her trying to defend her. It was a big Magneto mm-hmm. issue. I remember that. Um, that's the only hundred and fiftieth issue I can remember. <laughs> no, wait, Avengers one fifty. Is the one where they have the, I think it's the Kirby cover, where it's like, who's going to be on the team? And it's uh, like Cap and Beast and Hellcat and Moondragon. They're all running out. There's this big question mark in the background. It's a really cool cover. And then they revealed the team, and it's the exact same team from (laughs) before. So there you go. Those are the two big 150th issues. Well, that's what you guys have to look forward to. Something along those lines will be be happening next week. We're going to bring that to you. It's going to be rocking and rolling. Yep. Uh, But for this week, I'm just delighted to be back. Welcome back. It's like months since I've been on the show. Right. What was it? Two weeks? A week or two? Yeah. (laughs) Last week was rough. (laughs) It was... That was... was, was, I think we we made uh, chicken salad out of chicken... You know what, though? <laughs> Best we could. That was another marathon running through. I had no voice. Yeah. Hopefully, Stromy saved it. <laughs> There's a couple comments about Stromy in there. In, oh, great. The tweets, I so. can't wait to read them. Yes. But so. first, before we read those, let's uh, let's read these comics because comics. there were a ton of comics this week. So we should 900 new issues. We shouldn't dilly-dally yes. in getting to these. Uh, first up is All New Dupe number 5, the final part to this limited series. And it's super weird and super kooky, and you find out that, spoiler alert, I don't even care, Dupes a hermaphrodite, mm-hmm. and it's awesome, and there's all kinds of like fun little wacky stuff going on through here, and it's kind of heartwarming at times, and super weird as always, and Dupes wearing a fedora, Yep. Um, it's all I want, and I like how it fits tightly into uh, the continuity that's been built. I like that Peter Milligan, like, aggressively through the last few issues, pretty much dropped hints, like, I want to bring back ecstatics. Oh, yeah. Like, not even beating yeah. around the bush there, which is great. Let's do it. Oh, man. All right. So, you know, it had to happen. We talk about it all the time that all new X Factor number 13 um, at... <laughs> Sorry, we're doing a little. We'll do, we're doing a little shifting. I realized somehow this. a book slipped through yeah. the craps and cracks, and I didn't. Uh, I didn't get to read it. It's all good. But dude, all new X Factor 13, historic, because after 12 issues of uninterrupted art by Carmine DG and Domenico, and I was touting it. He takes a well-earned vacation, this issue. Uh, Pop, Son of a gun. Pop Man drops in to draw this issue written by Peter David. Um, it's a pretty good issue, but I hated it because Crystal's in it <laughs> from the Inhumans. Um, it's a lot about Quicksilver. Quicksilver reunited the previous issue with his daughter, Luna, who came to visit him. He's trying to bond with her. Uh, he's bringing her out into the world. They're talking about their various lies to one another and to each other. Uh, and then Gorgon shows up because Luna was not supposed to leave Adelan. Gorgon and Quicksilver have a fight. Some of the other X-Factor members get invited. And then, ugh, Crystal shows up, wanting her kid back. Being, you know what, though? 
Peter David writes her exactly as she should be. She's just un- insufferable. She's just like holier than now, and she's like, oh, I divorced another husband. No big deal. Let me start flirting with you. She's quintessential Crystal appearance. Let um, me say, as someone who is not totally biased against Crystal, she's fine in it. She's the worst. Read this issue, and in two pages you'll understand why she's so terrible. Uh, aside from that... We've got Gambit totally misinterpreting a situation with Polaris, which I thought was funny, and also Danger, uh, Warlock trying to ask Danger on a date, and Danger completely just turning it up to 13 in terms of the intimacy level, and Warlock not being okay with it. Yeah. Uh, over in Avengers World, number 12, by Nick Spencer and art by Marco Cacchetto. Uh It's just crazy big battles and, and weird stuff, and uh, I love Euroforce. I'm saying it right now. I love... Euro Force, you get a little bit more insight into all those characters and what their deal is. Uh, the baby killer, that's just yeah, what? super weird. Uh, the you know the new swordswoman and and all this stuff. Uh, a lot of furthering of what's going on in this storyline, but really, Morgan Le Fay or Morgana. Yeah, Morgan Le Fay is just... Switches, switches depending on if Bendis is writing it or not. She is just intensity, intensity. Uh, and you know... There was a point in this issue where I was like, yes, my guy's here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm super excited. Sorry. And uh, like, I was like, yes, finally, they're going to give him his justice. I also like, like when Black Knight says, uh, oh, yes, I know Dr. Druid. I served with him. I thought that would tickle you. Yeah. Uh, you know, anytime <laughs> you get a Dr. Druid reference, and then things Oof. happen. Yeah, it's rough. And, uh, but yeah. But yeah, indeed. All right, over to Black Widow number 10 by Nathan Edmondson and Phil Noto. Uh, this is, it's a cool story because you, um, it, it interweaves uh, some things that happen in Natasha's past with what is going down in the present tense with uh, her lawyer guy? Yeah, What's Isaiah. It? Yeah, Isaiah, who is, I love that character. He's, he's like, good character, he's just good supporting cool character. Yeah, just a great supporting character. Uh, you get lots of Hawkeye stuff in here. You know, there's it's kind of you're like, what the hell is going on? Uh, when does this take place? Because Natasha and Clint mm. are at odds mm-hmm. uh, through this, but um, when it comes back into the present day, uh, we'll see where everybody stands. Yeah, she says something at the end of this issue. Um, she basically needs to recruit some allies, and she's like, I need someone who's like will play outside the rules or lie and I'm like the only thing I was thinking is you just dropped Punisher in jail last issue <laughs> he'd be perfect yeah hopefully she just goes and gets him yeah <laughs> it's another crossover the march to Axis begins in Captain America number 24 written by Rick Remender art guy by Carlos Pacheco and Paul Renaud and I gotta credit Paul Renaud here uh, who has been doing some covers and some pencil work here and there uh, it's a really seamless transition between his pages and Carlos Pacheco's pages and given what a tenured professional Pacheco is uh, I was really impressed by Renaud's ability just to keep up and keep pace and I didn't think the issue looked fragmented in any way it also helps uh, the coloring. Yeah, absolutely. It's super consistent and super just incredible. Yeah, the colors by Dandy Dean White and uh, Sonia Oback. Uh, just a good job throughout on the art. On the writing end of it, big action and crazy exciting stuff. Um, 
Red Skull makes a quick appearance to kind of set up the tie into Axis, but it's more about Arnim Zola, Jet Black, and Falcon trying to fight him. Uh, Nomad getting in the mix. Steve Rogers calling things from the sidelines because he's Clint Eastwood now, Mm -hmm. so he's back doing his thing. The Avengers. This is a big battle thing. Basically, Zola's trying to take over New York City to eventually take over the world. He's got bombs set up. There's a lot of, you know, this is the only way to get rid of a bomb scenario. It's kind of cool to see all these characters. Since this book has been so much about Cap being lonely um, and how he lost so much of his life in Dimension Z, seeing all the people around him from Falcon to Jet to Ian to uh, the mystery person who showed up last issue to even the Avengers kind of rally around him and be like, all right, he's got this this pseudo family um, or real family, if you want to call it that. Um, and I like Ian's relationship that we didn't know about because that's a neat twist. And I also like, again, going back to the art, how uh, the John Romita Jr. thing of having Zola's head like pop a little bit out of his thing has been maintained by these artists. And then the ending, huge sacrifice that sets up issue number 25, which we know is going to be a big one. Yeah, big one. Dark Tower, Drawing of the Three, The Prisoner, number one, super long title, written by Peter David and Robin Firth, art by... Our boy Peter Kowalski, Piotr Kowalski from uh, Marvel Knights Hulk. Uh, after a little time off, we're back. The Dark Tower. This is another original Dark Tower story. This is a prologue, a prequel. Um, Eddie Dean, who's a major character in the Dark Tower saga, who eventually finds his way to Roland and the Quartet. This is kind of his origin story, him growing up in New York, how he got into some trouble, how he eventually ended up in the Dark Tower orbit. So again, as I always say when we have these, even though it's been a little while, if you're a Dark Tower fan, the books have been over for some time. If you want new Dark Tower fixes, this is from Peter David, great writer, Robin Firth, who knows more about Dark Tower than probably anyone besides Stephen King. Now great artist with Peter Kowalski. So extra added Dark Tower stuff for those of you who are uh, missing your fix. Yeah, and if you just noticed a change in the audio, that's because I turned our microphones on. They Hello. weren't on before. Oh, we were was, just using the surround? It was just using the surround sound, so hopefully it sounds better, if not maybe a little bit lower, so I'll get a little bit closer to the mic yep. to make sure it works uh, best. Uh, but we've got Deadpool versus X-Force, number four, final part of this wacky, wacky limited series. Uh, Pepe Larraz's art on this is real good. Fantastic. Uh, Nolan Woodard on colors. Uh, it's written by Dwayne Straczynski, and it's hopping around time. You got a young Hitler that Deadpool is protecting, sort of, because Deadpool's an idiot. No, but I love that conceit that Deadpool has to protect Hitler, but he says um, what he has to keep doing is he's hanging out with Hitler as a baby or as a kid, and people keep showing up to try to kill Hitler because, as he says, if you invented a time machine, what's the first thing most people <laughs> would do? So he basically has to just keep shooting these people who come to kill Hitler. It's yeah. great. Uh, it's great. There's lots of battles, some cool uh, alternate reality stuff, and then it all gets wrapped up nice and neat and uh, puts you right into New Mutants. What is this, number 98? 98, 98 uh, yeah. It's terrific. Yeah, so you get a little Liefeld in there, too, which is kind of nice, a little Rob Liefeld appearing yeah. in a Marvel comic. Big one, Death of Wolverine, number one, with this foiled weapon etched cover. Is that, is that what we're calling That it? is what Joe Terabarelli named it, weapon etched. It's a hollow foil. It's, it's pretty neat. Yeah, uh, yeah. Wolverine's dying, guys. This is the four-issue limited series. It's going to tell the final story of Wolverine that tells of his death. I mean, you know, no, no spoilers needed. It's right there in the title. Written by Charles Soule, who we'll talk more about later. The art in this is sick. It's by the A-list team of Steve McNiven, Jay Leaston, Justin Ponzor. We had a few interviews with all four of these guys uh, on the process of putting the covers together, but the 
interior art, you can tell this is something they spent a long time on. Um, obviously, it's a big story with a lot of weight. They wanted to make sure it had that. We have Wolverine interacting with Mr. Fantastic, which I don't think I've ever seen before. Uh, and they note that. He says, you know, we're not close. Yeah, we, we don't run in the same circle exactly. so much. Yeah, Mr. Fantastic is like, yeah. I, well, because Wolverine says, he's like, yeah, I already went to Beast and Iron Man before you. And <laughs> no offense. He's like, oh, no, no, Mr. Fantastic's cool, like, cool. no, no, not taking. No, I get it. We're not buddies. <laughs> hey, it's okay. Yeah, even though I'm, you know, I'm really smart. That's hey. uh, uh, our Reed Richards impression. Thank really you very much. Academy Awards. Um, <laughs> Academy Awards for a podcast. Uh, Reed Richards lists all the horrible things that are happening to Wolverine. Now he doesn't have a healing factor. He's got, like, you know, adamantium poisoning. But also, I love that he notes that, didn't you tell me you were present at Nagasaki? And Wolverine just goes, yeah. He's like, <laughs> oh, well, yeah, you've, you've got extreme radiation poisoning. Um, also, I love this. He says, you're going to get endocarditis from all the bacteria you pull in every time you use your Ugh. claws. So basically, every time he pulls his claws out, just Ugh. crap is going in his body. So Wolverine... On his last legs, he knows it. He's known it for months. Hanging out, I believe he's up in Canada. That makes sense, right? It looks Canadian. Yeah. Hanging out at a pub. Um, when the first, basically, this is going to be all about, I like this nice touch, uh, wine, Wayne's, Wayne's Canadian whiskey, yep. after Len Wein. Wein. Um, and Wolverine makes a call to somebody. We don't know who. I'm guessing that's going to be a plot point coming up. Yeah. And then Nuke shows up. Uh, not sure how this ties with the nuke who's just in Captain America. Just going to enjoy it. Uh, they talk a lot in the back matter, which we'll get to, about nuke being kind of... He's, he's a little, like, doughy here, and Steve McMahon says his model is basically, like, he's a professional wrestler who has, quote-unquote, gone, gone to, to seed. seed. I love that phrase! So it's pretty cool. Uh, Wolverine left a note for nuke to meet him on this island, and when he gets there, these all, there's all these dead henchmen. Well, Nuke has been, things? like, gone and come back so many times. Yeah, no, you it know? makes sense. That's why I'm not... And he's not even, like, fully human anymore, no. right? He's got, like... No, he's got, like, robot skin. Yeah. So I'm not getting fully into it. I'm just enjoying the fact that we get this awesome Wolverine-Nuke brawl for pages and pages. And it's it's smart. Cause it's a lot about Wolverine being like, you know what? I'm not invincible anymore. This is how I fight. This is how I hurt. And finding ways to beat the crap out of Nuke despite that. Uh, wants to know who sent Nuke. We find out on the last page it's another old foe, so that's going to lead to the next issue. And then a ton of back matter, uh, a lot of sketches, commentary by Steve McDivin, all this stuff. And then my favorite was this really just uh, just honest interview with Len Wein for about four pages where Len Wein talks about creating Wolverine. He talks about his relationship with Wolverine over the years. He talks about Dave Cockrum. It's just very, um, very straight and to the point and just very conversational. I enjoyed it a lot. So... A lot of bang for your buck with Death of Wolverine number one. Yeah. And it's pretty. It's Oh, my God. It's ridiculous looking. It's so good looking. It's so gorgeous. Yep. Even like the covers, everything. The uh, back cover, it yeah. works. Every bit of it. All right. Uh, over to Figment number four by Jim Zub and Philippe Andrade. Uh, this is, I believe, the penultimate issue to this limited series. It makes sense. Uh, you got basically uh, your your Dreamfinder guy uh, and his, his crew of... I don't know, Figment and like the the dog guy and yeah, the elf. These uh, weirdos. They're awesome. They're just like this ragtag group, and they are brought to their lowest. Hmm. And just as everything seems to uh, be going totally wrong, there's hope and a big sweeping hero moment, and then uh, they dive right back into the yep. bleak reality of things, which I like. Everything's uh, terrible. I, I maybe it's just because I like going to Disney World so much, and uh, I've seen so many Disney things that 
as I was reading this, I just got a sense of like the music and the soundtrack mm. and the feel for all of it, uh, which was pretty cool. Hawkeye versus Deadpool number zero, not number one, number zero. What? For those of you keeping track. But why? I don't know. Ryan why? Was, Ryan was saying how upset he is about this before. It's just you Let's could see. just you could just as easily number it one. Let's see who the editors are, so you can go complain afterwards. We got Devin Lewis, assistant editor. Easy to yell at. Very, yeah. Very nice guy. Sana, I wouldn't yell at her. She's kind of scary. Um, <laughs> yeah, I would yell. I would go talk to Devin after this. I just don't know, know what's going it's on. It's part one in yeah. issue zero. Gosh. So we got a nice little issue zero here, uh, written by Jerry Duggan, <laughs> art by Matteo Lolly. It's a lot of fun. Jerry does a great job uh, meshing the sensibilities of his Deadpool book with the very, very unique Matt Fraction and David Aha Hawkeye book. Um, kind of, you know, using the setting. It's Hawkeye in his apartment building. It's him kind of acting more like the Hawkeye of that as opposed to the Hawkeye you see in Avengers. Um, but it's the Marvel Universe. Deadpool's there. Preston is there. All these characters are there. Pick right up from the last issue of Deadpool because Deadpool is now living with Agent Preston and taking care of his, uh, his daughter. And they go trick-or-treating with their kids. They trick-or-treat at Hawkeye's house. Big thing is that everyone uh, has been saying Hawkeye gave out full-size candy bars last year, so everyone's really excited about it. Bad news, he got fun-size candy bars this year. All the kids are pissed <laughs> off. Um, Hawkeye also, you know, tying in with the Hawkeye series, Hawkeye is deaf, so Preston uses sign language to communicate with him. Neat little visual sequence by Matteo Lolly. Yeah, there. it's really great. Um, so that's the fun part of the issue. Then after that, something crazy is going on with this guy we've been following to try to get help from Hawkeye, some computer guy. We don't know really what his deal is. Uh, gets killed pretty bad by a Punisher knockoff. Um, they call him oh, Big yeah. Pun, Big which pun. I yeah, it's love. Great. I love that they keep and they they call him Big Pun yeah. several times in the and issue. they both call him Big Pun. Yeah. So they so they got Big Pun, who's this giant version of the Punisher, and then a big version of Daredevil too, who they call a hairless ape at one point, um, and they're just. They're just reciting, like, uh, patriotic sayings and beating the crap out of people. Hawkeye and Deadpool have, like, an anti-team up where they argue the whole time but still try to team up. They both get some good lines off. Um, Hawkeye has a nice moment with uh, shooting an arrow, which is, you know, what he does. And, yeah, we got this. Oh, I love this. <laughs> I love this kind of shot Duggan takes at Pizza Dog, though, where we've got, like, one of these classic David Aha pizza dog moments where he's trying to track it down and Deadpool gets impatient. He's like, what, what's happening? Are we waiting for the dog to solve the crime? What's going on? So, fun issue. Uh, mystery villain revealed at the end. It's going to continue in Hawkeye versus Deadpool number one. <laughs> the logical next issue. It was really good, but it just drove me nuts reading it. I was like, this could be number one. Whatever, man. Just chill out. What if someone reads number one and then they're like, what? There was, I missed something. You should go back and read number zero. What? Hopefully there'll be a recap page. <sighs> All right. Iron Fist, The Living Weapon, mm. number six, written and drawn by Kari Kyle Andrews. Uh, you know, poor Danny. He's yep. been beaten, and uh, his mind has been twisted, and he's at his lowest. Uh, but luckily, he's been saved by Pi-Pi. No, no. Pi-Pi is the little girl. Um, no, this is she's a bird's name. What is it? Yeah. Uh, it's not Sparrow, is it? Uh, this is terrible. Yeah. This, I, is, this is the lowest point of This Week in Marvel. <laughs> anyway, uh, by like his childhood friend, yeah. who she's now all grown up, uh, some creepy stuff happens, but 
all kinds of good stuff uh, by the end because you get naked Iron Fist ready to yeah. do some kung fu. Oh, he's so ready, uh, so naked, so ready, so naked. Yep. And I think things are going to turn around. I like the the old man, the old man from Kun mm-hmm. who helps yeah. save him. Uh, just weird and cackling and. Yep. Just like an anime character. Perfect, perfect uh, kung fu mentor character. <laughs> yeah. Stick, probably no stick. No, he seems nicer than stick. <laughs> Everyone's nicer than stick. Stick's a jerk. This is true. Legendary Star-Lord number three, written by Sammy Humphreys, art by Paco Medina. Nice little standalone issue here. Uh, after the two-parter that kicked off the series, we start with Peter Quill once again in jail. No explanation, which I like. Uh, he's in Badoon prison, the Badoon Avim. He's in there with a little Badoon kid who looks terrified, and then a guy named Carmody who works for the Spartax who's been trying to take the Badoon down. It's a jailbreak issue. Uh, Peter Quill convinced that uh, the Badoon bribed this woman he was hitting on to turn him over. That w- She could not have possibly done it. But speaking of women in Peter Quill's life, big fun part of this issue is that he uses... Uh, it's a little intergalactic cell phone to call Kitty Pride, and she's like, you're calling me from jail again, because that's what he always does, and then he needs her help to get out of the situation. She creates a diversion, and it just creates the most bizarre diversion ever, um, but it works, and him and his kid make a break for it. Uh, the Spartax jerk is a jerk. Uh, we get a new character, in a sense, in that we get uh, kind of a sentient spaceship that Peter's now going to be riding around in, which is kind of a nice throwback to when he had his original sentient spaceship. <laughs> uh, but now this one's got like a kid personality. See a softer side of Peter, and then more kitty stuff. And then next issue, he is headed to Earth, but not for the reasons you might think. Yeah, not for a date. Not for date night. No. Uh, over to Miracle Man number 10, written by the original writer, art by Rick Veach. And uh, we get a lot of uh, expanding upon the mythology around Miracle Man and what the heck he is mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. So lots of cool stuff in here. Um, the the threat of Kid Miracle Man is not gone. Mm. Uh, we get to see some rumblings with that. And Miracle Man's kid, uh, super interesting for you guys to read where as that like keeps going. And yeah, super how, where creepy. that goes. Super cool. Moon Knight number seven. Now this one I was a little worried about because yep. I love Warren and uh, Warren Ellis and Declan Shalvey. Yeah, they were great. Uh, on the first six issues, really ramped it up, especially towards the end there. So new team, uh, Jordi Belair remains, uh, Chris Eliopoulos I believe remains, but we've got Brian Wood writing and Greg Smallwood on uh, art. And man, this was a terrific issue. I freaking loved it. Uh, you've got this um, this soldier in the city going after. Um, this guy who's, you know, been accused of, he's, he's like, um, a warlord or he's, uh, I can't remember his, he's his a general, of he's some a general, sort. uh, who's come to power and has probably done some bad things. And this guy's like, come on, I'm, I'm, yeah. this is, I'm, I'm taking revenge and Moon Eyes after him because he's in his city and there's all kinds of like moral things going on here, but it's, it's a really tight story. Uh, really well done. Art was gorgeous. Colors always amazing. Um, and you know, by the end, it's we get a nice, cool twist and a you know a connection to what's been coming. Original Sin number eight, big wrap-up issue, written by Jason Aaron, art by Mike Diodato. No, it's not on our run sheet. I don't know why, but here it is. <laughs> so we're gonna talk about it. Uh, cool cover right off the bat. 
by Juan Satino Tedesco. Uh, the Final Judgment, a bunch of watchers standing over a mystery figure. It's the Final Judgment. Very nice. And then all these heroes, half of which aren't in the issue, but that's okay. Um, so, yeah, I've really enjoyed this whole series. I think Jason Aaron wrote a super tight mystery. And, man, I want to praise the heck out of the art team. Uh, Mike Diodato just brought it, all eight issues. Just It, it, it didn't get less intricate as it went if anything it got more intricate and frank martin on colors was insane all the energy effects all the flashback sequences these guys just brought it it's an awesome murder mystery uh big stuff for a lot of characters uh interspersed throughout here we we see nick fury's final meeting with the watcher of course this series has been all about redefining nick fury we have midas on the moon along with the orb uh the avengers have finally made their way there uh, as well as Nick Fury's team with the Winter Soldier and the Black Panther and all those guys. So a lot of fights, a lot of revelations, a lot of insight into what Nick Fury's been doing all this time, what his relationship with the Watcher was, the Orb, some really nasty stuff happens to him, uh, some really slamming action, and then the ultimate fate of Fury, of Midas, of Orb, of a few other characters who end up having to make hard choices as a result of this whole event. Uh, and in, in the fallout, Captain America doesn't really know what happened. Some people who know things aren't speaking. These aftermaths set up a lot of stuff for the future to come, uh, particularly on this last page, is super creepy. Big changes for a lot of characters. Uh, this is not over. Goes right into Bucky Barnes' Winter Soldier number one, which is gonna have heavy effects. Uh, Thor and Angela are both going to feel the fallout of this, but just a really nice, tight, uh, different kind of event. I thought it was very different than a lot of events we've done. It was very, you know, focused in on this mystery, this whodunit, and on really advancing some characters. So well done to the whole team behind Original Sin. Punisher, number 10, written by Nathan Edmondson, art by Mitch Gerards. Another prison break story because Frank is in South American prison after Black Widow, as I said before, dropped him off there. So on the one hand, he's in Costa Rica. Is that South America? It is, right? Yes. Okay, cool. Just, you know, want to be accurate. Um, Frank kind of doing what he's got to do to establish himself in the prison. That's always great to watch. But meanwhile, back home, his cop buddy uh, has some troubles of her own. Los Angeles has kind of gone crazy in the wake of the Punisher being gone. So she has a run-in with uh, a perp that doesn't go well, and she gets in some trouble for it. You've also got the brother of the big bad that Frank took down coming to town. But then, saddest of all, you've got the guy who runs the diner. Um, something really sad happens with him, potentially. We're kind of left to wonder. But Did not like that, yeah, I'll tell you I, that I, much. I, really, I loved this issue. Yeah, I didn't, that, was but, really, you know. that was really sad. So... A lot of stuff going on in the world of the Punisher. Again, I love that Nathan Edmondson is building up a world and a supporting cast for this character who has so frequently been alone. Yep. Uh, Rocket Raccoon, number three, uh, written and drawn by Scott Young. Gorgeous colors by Jean-Francois Bellu. And uh, just wacky, wacky, wacky. There's a space battle with uh, Rocket and Groot and Macho Gomez against a giant armada of really cool-looking ships. Scotty Young has really taken Macho Gomez to the next level. I love it. It's like, it's like the character was designed for him to eventually pick up. Yes. Um, and the sound effects are just incredible. There's one where uh, there's one sound effect that's just nailed it, and <laughs> there's another one, Skadoosh, uh, which I think is, uh, I Kung take Fu, it from Kung, Kung Fu, Fu Panda. Panda. Yeah. Uh, anyway, 
great. Uh, they use a guppy warp, which I think is the coolest thing. It's, what is that? Uh, it's know? like a you know space fish that is a. You fly into it, and you, you fly out the other end, and you're somewhere else. Yep, perfect. Uh, land on this planet, and uh, really takes you to a different direction for the book because uh, you get to see the mystery that we've been building to really coming to a head right now. Uh, this other raccoon character, uh, what that all means, uh, and a lot of hints to Rocket's origin coming uh, coming to the fore. She-Hulk number eight, written by Charles Soule, art by Javier Polito. I could have read this issue all day, oh, every man. day, for yes. a week and then some. We start out in a hospice where something's going on with this old dude, and we find out kind of later that he's suing Steve Rogers' Captain America for a wrongful death. We don't get all the details, but this is where Charles saw this issue. He really gets to use his legal knowledge and really get to dig into that. It's not an action issue. It really is like a legal thriller issue. But all the character stuff, man, old man Captain America showing up, his interactions with She-Hulk, with Hellcat especially, with Angie and her, her, uh, her monkey, um, Steve Rogers is great in this issue. This really gave me, like, I was like, oh, cool. If this is who Steve Rogers is going to be moving forward, this is fantastic. So She-Hulk has to prep for this trial. She does everything, you know, lawyers would do. So you get kind of, you know, if you like legal shows or anything like that, you get all that. But with the Marvel Universe so well mixed in and some funny stuff and some character stuff and Steve Rogers being Steve Rogers where, you know, Jen has all these legal tricks and he's like, I don't want to use that. I'm going to be straightforward. I'm going to go face-to-face. Um... Matt Murdock shows up again over the phone um, in a very interesting cameo mm-hmm. that sets things up to end the issue. She-Hulk gets a help from Tony Stark, who lets him fly out. She uses she she hulks out in front of a crowd to, to get the press away. All this good stuff. And then in an issue full of highlights, maybe the highlight, oh, man. this. So great. So... She can't use Matt Murdock's office because she's, she's going to California. She needs to operate out of a California office. She can't use Matt Murdock's office. So she goes to another guy, and you have no idea who it is at first. And it is a character we know, sort of. And it's just brilliant. And the explanation's great, and how he has his assistance is great. It's all great. It's so good. And just when you finally think you got it all, she looks going to trial. You're ready to see this. And then you find out who the other attorney is. And bum, bum, bum beautiful the art is incredible uh javier polito and uh musa vincente just for an issue that's just panels and panels of people talking about legal stuff and just you know flying and really no one throws a punch no one does anything it's beautiful and it's so captivating and it really is i just love it this was such a good issue so solid really really enjoyed it spider-man 2099 number three written by peter david art by will sliney Here's what I like is that this is basically uh, if you are in a Peter David written series long term, especially if you're set in the present, which Spider-Man 2099 is, at some point you are going to go to the fictional country of Transavall that Peter David invented back in like the 80s. Oh, yeah. And you are going to have some sort of story about, you know, the ethics of interfering with international politics. Hulk did it. X-Factor did it. The New Warriors did it, even though Peter David wasn't writing them. And now, Spidey 99 goes to this perpetually war-torn, horrible nation. But, you know, that's a lot of these these uh, places in the Middle East where this is set. You know, that's that's how it is. It's just all these guys going in. But I also like that every time they go, it's a different guy with the last name Don, D-A-H-N, is running the country. Mm-hmm. And it's just always a terrible tyrant. So Spidey uh, finds himself in kind of the same situation all those guys did where – 
He's not sure who the good guys are. He's not sure who the bad guys are. There's a supervillain in the mix. He was sent by Alchemax, so he has some investment there. Tiberius Stone is there. His grandfather's got to protect him. Uh, great art by Will Sliney. Love what he does with the mystery villain who shows up. And this is going to continue. So, oh, and the Spider Slayers are involved. Oh, yeah. So you're going to have some sticky, philosophical stuff, good art, all sorts of stuff. Yes. Uh, over to Superior Foes of Spider-Man number 15, written by Nick Spencer, art by Steve Lieber. Uh, you've got uh, this great moment where Shocker's like, I'm going to take control. Oh, I was reading this. I was like, yeah, this Stromy, is Stromy. You Stromy, you're so excited. <laughs> this is all for you. Yeah. And then, you know, well, Shocker this, this gets is, shocked. This is how I picture what would happen if Stromy tried to take over our department. <laughs> this is exactly how I see it going. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you're Beetle, right? I guess. Sure. I'm uh, Beetle? Oh, yeah. Sure. Uh, yeah, no, that's a good rule. Smartest one. Smartest most one. Most competent one out of the group. Takes Stromy out. So. Yep. Uh, and then you've got all kinds of fun stuff. It's, this book continues to be hilarious and funny and full of references and, and great visual gags, great uh, you know wordplay gags, all kinds of stuff. There's... Uh-oh. Pause it? I, or well, let's, we it's probably... It maybe maybe, maybe it's Nick Lowe coming into Bust. Oh, it's John Cirilli's Come for His Notebook, which is right here. Hi. There you go. <laughs> wow. 149 episodes. Yeah. Took us long enough. Yeah. Uh, anyway. You, you were saying. Yes. Uh, we've got uh, all kinds of wackiness going on. And then the group's like, all right. What do we need to do? We've got the head of uh, Silverman. Silverman, yeah. So oh, that means we're going to be in charge of the, the Magia. And they're like, well, how do we do it? <laughs> mm-hmm. They go to Wikipedia, naturally. Yeah, of course. Figure out how to do it. That's what people they, do these days. They, they make their moves, and boom, 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 boom. Uh, and the, there's this great moment where like, we just got to stick together, which yeah. leads into, oh. like, five pages of them completely ba- stabbing each other in the back. Uh, it's hilarious. It's great. It is... One of the best comics being put out today. Uh, Over to Uncanny X-Men number 25, written by Mr. Bendis and art by Chris Pichalo. They reached number 25. Yeah. Uh, You know, no crazy enhancement cover here. Nope. Uh, But that's okay. A lot of books are really fine. I noticed as I was going down there, I was like, man, Avengers World's already at 12. Black Widow's at 10. Like, just flying. So we're still reading the or finding out about the Last Will and Testament of Charles Xavier. Uh, great stuff as you have lots of tension going on in the room uh, and then outside the room, but also some some really interesting moments like Beast and Dazzler and uh, Kitty and Nightcrawler. Beast and, and Dazzler, who starred in the 1980s limited series Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> the very same. Yeah, uh, the one. The big thing here. Dazzler was the beauty. <laughs> huh. Beast was the beast. What? Depending on how you feel about it. I've never read it. Uh, the big thing we learned throughout this issue is uh, Charles's big secret, that there's this one mutant more powerful than any other mutant, and what's been going on in the 20-some-odd years since uh, Charles first encountered this mutant, and what needs to be done now that he's gone. So yeah. um, huge, huge thing, repercussions for all the X-Men, uh, and it, it was good. It was a very good, deep emotional issue. Yeah. There's a Cyclops Iceman moment right oh, there yeah. that was really... Oh, yeah. Yeah, as, as someone who, who loves Iceman and kind of like, you know, he's been, he's, been, he's been kind of, a, you know, he has these periods where he swings back and forth between being the goofball and being a little more serious. Seeing him kind of step up on Cyclops was, was interesting. And Cyclops' response was harsh. All right, finally, X-Men number 19, written by Mark Guggenheim. 
uh, art by Harvey Tolabao and Dexter Soy, continuing this really fun outer space story. We've got two different things going on. And it's kind of so we got two different artists. Dexter Soy is illustrating the part where the folks left on the peak are fighting the Sidrian hunters, trying to defeat them before they all get sucked out by the lack of gravity in the space station. And I think something's going on with Manifest Tiger, hmm. your new favorite character. I know. So that could be that could be dis disappointing. Yeah, disconcerting. Me disconcerting. Meanwhile, uh, Rachel Gray, Psylocke, and Monet have pursued uh, the people who kidnapped Deathbird. They're trying to figure out where she's at. They, they're in this like gross thing. It's like. The Akanti are those giant space whales. They end up in like a like a dead Akanti shell. They run into some Shi'ar. Get a lot of callbacks to the uh, tension between Rachel and the Shi'ar since they killed their entire family. There it is. Look how gross that thing is. Um, and she finds out more about the agenda to kill her entire family. Uh, and things are not things are not great. So <laughs> got things not being great on two different ends, uh, but enjoying this little Mark Guggenheim ride. He's obviously having fun right now. Yeah. Time to pick. Oh, man. Time to pick. There's so many ways to go. I know. You got the big issues, because Death of Wolverine and Original Sin were both huge. Yep. I thought Superior Foes was fantastic. Yep. I'm going to go with She-Hulk. Nice. Uh, really fun, solid issue. And again, nary a, nary a punch or energy blast thrown, but still action-packed. Yeah. I think, yeah, I'm, I'm pulling Death of Wolverine and Original Sin sort of out of the mix because yep. they're uh, stellar, big Fair. marquee issues. Uh, but I'm going to pick Moon Knight number seven. Mm, very good. Good yeah. debut for those guys. Totally. So you can get all of that as well as these collections on sale this week. Uh, some interesting ones this week. Dark Tower, the Gunslinger, Slipcase, Omnibus hardcover. One of two slipcases we have on sale this dun, dun, week. Dun, dun, Deadpool minibus hardcover, which is the uh, Deadpool kills miniseries all put oh, cool. together in an omnibus but it's called the minibus because that's hilarious infinity is out in soft cover trade paperback marvel masterworks famous first 75th anniversary slipcase set if you guys haven't seen this it's super cool we have photos of it up on the site that uh blake and judy took it's basically like this it's avengers mansion and you open it up and it's got a bunch of marvel masterworks from the uh from the 60s in it it's pretty cool it is gorgeous yeah it's uh, really nice it's, it's expensive yeah it's also yeah it's like five hundred dollars but yeah. 450 to 500 dollars depending on your retailer yeah also it's like 30 some odd pounds yeah if you've got the money it's worth it yeah display I, it somewhere i don't mm -hmm. um we also got the oz omnibus hardcover it's a lot of on the on the buy a lot of hardcovers in general a lot of hardcovers and yeah and finally hardcover revenge the secret origin of emily thorne yeah finally out uh, digital comics, everything we talked about, as well as the digital exclusive edition of Original Sin, number eight. Uh, we also have on sale on the Marvel app this week, Avengers 71 through 88 and 98 and 99 from the original run, uh, Avengers Annual number two, Daredevil number 99, Incredible Hulk number 140, Marvel Superheroes number 17. I'm not sure what that book is. Could be a Captain Gar Marvel. Captain Marvel like or an old Guardian story. Yeah. Uh, Pulse issues one through nine and eleven through fourteen. So old uh, old sixties gaps there. Mm. Collections on the app. Adam Legend of the Blue Marvel. That's a good one. Go back and check that out. Alpha Flight Classic Volume One. Avengers Masterworks Volume Five. Jessica Jones The Pulse The Complete Collection. Revenge: The Secret Origin of Emily Thorne. She Hulk Volume Five. Planet Without a Hulk. 
Uncanny X-Men Volume 2, Dominant Species, and X-Force Under the Gun. And uh, Marvel Unlimited, we've got all-new X-Factor number 4, Avengers AI number 10, Captain America number 18, Loki, Agent of Asgard number 2, Iron Man number 22, Magneto number 1, Moon Knight number 1, New Warriors number 2, Nova number 14, Knight of the Living Deadpool number 4, <laughs> The Punisher number 3, She-Hulk number 2, Uncanny X-Men number 18, and Wolverine and the X-Men number 1. Very nice. Well done. <laughs> Got a ton of news this week. Uh, a lot of comic stuff. Uh, we talked about Charles Soule. He wrote Death of Wolverine. He wrote She-Hulk. And now he's only going to be writing for us, suckers. Charles Soule went exclusive with Marvel this week. Uh, we're very excited. He's working on those two books as well as Inhuman. I will say this. The books that he was doing for our Distinguished Competition. Excellent. I will, really miss, I will, I will miss him on those. Yeah. Um, I, I was loving what he was yeah. doing. And... Um, He's got a few months left, so yeah. there you go. And he's still going to be working on, you know, his independent work. Yep. Um, but yeah, he. Uh, we're happy to have him. He's a good guy. He's a great writer. He's going to be able to get a lot more involved now. He wrote a really nice uh, blog post on his uh, blog about why he did it and what he's got going forward. It's really cool. Uh, speaking of up and coming creators, here we spoke to Alsh Cott earlier this week. Jim Beard talked to him about Bucky Barnes, The Winter Soldier. After you guys have read Original Sin number eight, you have an idea of where Bucky is headed and the interview will probably make a lot more sense. The thing that got me, I met Alish at a, a Mogwai concert Disco, earlier this year. Tech. He's so young. Oh yeah. Like it, it, I was so surprised. It's great. He's got all these awesome ideas mm -hmm. and so much ahead of him. Yeah. It's awesome. He also he came in here to do a couple podcasts and he just rolled in. He's like he's like thin. He's got a cool leather jacket on. He's just like He's that dude you see out at the club who's just <laughs> Captain Cool Guy. I hope you're listening, Alsh. <laughs> you uh, see out at the club. Yeah, you know, at the club, at the discotheque. Oh, God. Uh, some Marvel 75th anniversary stuff. Last week, Brett White did a three-part Women of the 80s. We did it in the 70s with Spider-Woman. Uh, who else? It was Spider-Woman and two others in the 80s. Spider-Woman, Black Widow, and, and Captain Marvel. Mm. That was the 70s. The 80s was She-Hulk, Dazzler, and Elektra. Right. Um, it's really cool. Brett is really passionate about these characters. So go back, do a really in-depth thing, and he will talk to the people who are writing them today. So for She-Hulk, he talked to Charles Soule. For Dazzler, he spoke with Brian Bendis. And then for Elektra, he spoke with Hayden Blackman. Gave the full histories. It's cool stuff. We also had a two-parter last week, uh, Howard the Duck's Greatest Hits. Our buddy TJ Deitch went back and looked at Howard the Duck's 70s and 80s high and low points, uh, everything. The comics, the movie, the video game that I didn't know existed, uh, all the merchandise. So very, very cool piece there. Avengers, Everybody Wants to Rule the World. That's a new prose novel coming in 2015 written by Dan Abnett. It's going to have all the Avengers uh, that you know and love fighting a whole bunch of people all over the world. Brian Stevie from our video team, credit to him for doing a very cool uh, Axis, the story so far video. So if you are coming into Axis, if you want to get caught up, uh, it basically runs you through everything that's gone on in Uncanny Avengers, the little Avengers versus X-Men. Gets you all up to speed before you go into Axis. Over in video games, uh, Marvel Puzzle Quest released a new character, and that would be Beast. And rather than just announce that, we had Ben Chabala talk to the folks who make Puzzle Quest all about Beast, his abilities, how he fits into the game, what else you can expect. Spider-Man Unlimited coming soon. 
Uh, have not locked down the release date yet, but it's in the next couple weeks, so we should have it locked down hopefully this week, but we keep revealing costumes from that. I think last week we showed uh, Battle Damage Spider-Man um, and a couple others. And then we began our Disney Infinity countdown. Disney Infinity is coming out less than a month. It's like three weeks away. And Gosh, yeah. every day until then, every weekday until then, we got videos uh, that are exclusive to us uh, that you won't see anywhere else except at like Target and stuff next to the actual display of the game. We've got John Vignacci talking about all the different characters. Yesterday he spoke about all the Avengers. Tons of Disney Infinity content. And then uh, before I throw it over to you, finally on a sad note, Stan Goldberg passed away. Uh, Stan was very well known for his work on Archie Comics, but not as well known the fact that he was he was basically the original colorist of the Marvel Universe. Uh, he set the color schemes for Spider-Man, for the Hulk, for the Fantastic Four, for a whole bunch of other characters. And kind of a neat thing, he's he actually just finished a story that he worked on with Tom DeFalco for our 75th anniversary special that's coming out. So Jim Beard just spoke to him a couple weeks ago, had a really nice phone conversation with him, uh, wrote up a nice piece on Stan's life and career and also his personal recollection of that piece. So, of course, our thoughts to Stan's friends and family and uh, just a really talented dude. If you ever read Archie, you, you've seen his stuff oh, yeah. and you know it. Totally. Uh, I got no news. I, no news for Ryan. Uh, I'm still trying to get through emails from the last bunch of days. No news is good news. No news is good news. Well, let's kick it over to Strami. Strami! Hello there this week in Marvelites. This is Marvel.com editor Mark Strom with... Assistant editor Patrick Cavanaugh. With another thrilling installment of the Strami and the Wolfman show. So... Kicking things off, we've got big news for Guardians of the Galaxy. It is now the biggest movie of the year domestically, which means we now have the number one and two movies of the year domestically. We've got Guardians of the Galaxy and, of course, Marvel's Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Do, do you know how I could see Captain America, The Winter Soldier in my own home anytime soon? That that was a in case I haven't seen it in theaters multiple times. That, that that was a brilliantly smooth plug for the fact that Captain America: The Winter Soldier is now available on digital HD and digital 3D, and will be available in Blu-ray, DVD, Blu-ray 3D, and digital SD on well next Tuesday actually. Yeah, that's it's coming up. Yeah, so uh, we have that news, of course, and. Kicking things over to the world of live-action TV, we had some big casting news for Marvel's Agent Carter, which debuts in 2015. We have cast Ch Chad Michael Murray as SSR Agent Jack Thompson and Enver Jokai as Agent Daniel Sousa. Of course, these are two brand-new characters. Not much we can tell you about them at the moment, but you will get to learn much more about them when... Marvel's Agent Carter premieres next year. But before that, we've got the season premiere of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. coming up this, not this Tuesday actually, but Tuesday, September 23rd at a new time, 9 p.m. Eastern Time on ABC. So we've been bringing you some new looks, including your first look at Nick Blood as 
Lance Hunter, uh, your first look at Chloe Bennett as Agent Sky in the new season. She's spoiling a little bit of a new look. She's touting a giant gun, so you can check that out. And we also brought you the first footage from the new season in a new 30-second preview that you can currently see on both Marvel.com and our YouTube channel. But if you're looking to catch up on season one of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. before the new season premieres, that is also coming out on Blu-ray this Tuesday, September 9th. We've been debuting some new deleted scenes, some new clips of some extras you can see on the Blu-ray. You can check all those out on Marvel.com and our YouTube. We're posting one today, I think two tomorrow. We've got few more sprinkled out through next week, so keep your eyes open for that. And even more immediate, we've got an all-new episode of Marvel's Ultimate Spider-Man Web Warriors this Sunday, so I will let Patrick tell you all about that. Well, we have a brand new episode of Ultimate Spider-Man Web Warriors coming at you this Sunday. Wow, that's great. I'm so, so glad we employed you to simply repeat Thank what you. I say. Thank you. No, we had our uh, we had our two-part season premiere event this past Sunday where Spider-Man got offered a position with the Avengers, so hopefully you guys check that out. If you were wondering how he got the job, uh, if you head over to Marvel.com, you can see Spider-Man's job application to join the Avengers, so make sure you check that out. Also on Marvel.com, we have a clip of this upcoming episode, which includes the introduction of Agent Venom. That's right. He's making his premiere on the animated series. So you can go check out that clip now. We'll have some more stuff uh, later this week talking a little bit more about Agent Venom if you're a little unfamiliar. And that episode will air this Sunday at 8 a.m. Eastern Time. So make sure you update your digital video recorders, also known as DVR, I think. I think that's what that stands for. But now it does. How's that sound? (laughs) Make sure you tune in at 8 a.m. Because the premiere was at 9 a.m. And 8 a.m. is a different time. Now you're just being confusing, Patrick. 8 a.m. this Sunday. When when can I watch it? 8 a.m. this Sunday on Disney XD. Check out Agent Venom in Ultimate Spider-Man. Web Warriors. All right, so I am going to head to Disney XD this Sunday at 8 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 Central, and I am going to catch a new episode of Marvel's Ultimate Spider-Man Web Warriors. You know, you're smarter than you look, because you cracked the code of what I was saying. (laughs) These comedy stylings will be coming to you every week from now on this week in Marvelites. But for now, that's all we got. We are fresh odd juice. We have given you all the funny we possibly have in our bodies. So we'll kick it back to you. Well, not kick back to you. Kick back to the guys in New York. Say hello to them for us. Only not actually because then you just be like saying hello to yourself. This is going really well. This is going really well. Okay, we're going to take off now. We thank you for listening as always. Wish you a splendiferous weekend and even splendiferous er week and we'll chat with you once more in seven days all right thank you strami and maybe patrick we'll see wow does patrick ever show up on these do we know i don't know i don't listen to parts that we don't do yeah me neither i, guess I don't have time. time i like uh, what you do with your voice there
Thank you. Uh, time for this week in Marvel questions and comments. I will apologize. Uh, Twitter only gives me a week uh, into the past. I've right. been out a little bit, and we do not have an intern at this time to who would normally be gathering all our tweets. But soon. Yes. Hopefully. And a reminder to you guys that next week is uh, Twim Unlimited. Whatever the hell we call it. This Marvel Unlimited Reading Club. Tim URC. Um, Squadron Supreme. All 12 issues. I'm seven deep right now. i got a few more to go. You guys should be reading it. It's a great read, and we will talk about it next week. Yeah. Shape. It's all about shape. It's all about shape. Shape's great. Yep. Uh, but jumping into things, uh, i got a bunch right off the bat from Agent Twim. He says, in Fantastic Four, the li Living Tribunal. He was actually in FF. Oh, the, the book yeah, FF. The in FF, the Living Tribunal gave Doom a stern talking to because he picked on Uatu. Where is the Living Tribunal now? Mm. Living Tribunal is so mysterious, though. He only shows up very certain times. Where did where was the Living Tribunal killed? Like, I saw, I remember yeah. a panel where... I think it was, it was like, in Hickman's Fantastic Four, but it wasn't like, or New Avengers, but it wasn't, it was like a flash-forward type deal. Mm. So we don't know if it's happened yet or if it's going right. to happen. But Living Tribunal is one of those ones that's confusing because he has a very specific function, but I don't know. I think he just shows up to adjudicate things that are going to affect the whole universe. Yeah, um, and like, like it becomes like this, this, this hearing. Yeah. With all the the cosmic yeah. abstracts like hanging out yeah. and being like, "This is my blah blah yeah. blah," and then it's like its heads flip around yeah. and it's like. But I know, but I know, like the big thing is for him is like he will not do anything unless it's like a universal level catastrophe. So I'm going to take a shot at when Doom was messing with Uatu. Doom was trying to like get ultimate power and do all this crazy stuff, and it would have affected things. So he showed up then. I guess Uatu dying in the way he died was sad, but not enough. Like it didn't. Totally screw up the universe. Yeah, like I mean, he knew it, what was going to happen. Uatu is simply one watcher mm -hmm. among a race of yeah many beings. So it was what Doom was doing more so than that he was beating up Uatu. Yes. Uh, Agent Twim says Stromy's laugh on last week's episode was terrific. Such okay. audible joy and delight. Thank you for that, Stromy. If you say so. I can't disagree. I love Stromy's laugh. It makes me very happy. You should use it as a ringtone. Oh, God. All right. Well, let's not get crazy. Yeah. Uh, Agent Twim says, can you explain DAST to me? Uh, I understand shocking, but what does DAST come from? I think it's just a made-up yeah. word so that we can get away with a word Cursing. that's like a curse, but yeah. it's not a curse. It's the latest in a long line of comic book fake Flarkins. curse words. Yeah. Mm, uh, Shock, like he says here. Oh, yeah. 2099. There's a bunch over it. The other company, yeah, man, those are those are just weaved into the history of comics. That's you know? comic books, if man. If you're in space or in the future, you're like basically if you're on present day Earth, there's no way they're gonna get away with it because you can't say the actual curse words. But if a writer sets their story in space or in the future, like they're instantly like, oh, cool, I can use curse words like crazy. I just have to make them up. Yeah, and then they lean into them. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, Agent Twim says, maybe I'm pronouncing it wrong, but it just doesn't sound good to pronounce. Oh, dast. Well, I don't know. It's not supposed to sound good. It's a curse. Yeah. It's supposed to be harsh. Yes. And rough. Um, he wants to know, does Gamora have a healing factor? She does. She's genetically engineered by Thanos to be, you know, the deadliest woman in the world. Yeah. Universe. Galaxy? Everywhere. I saw someone on Twitter posted, or uh, Tumblr 
posted some panels from an old Marvel holiday special where oh drawn by Ron Lim where Thanos uh, like gets Christmas presents for for oh Gamora yeah. and people are like why can't this be continuity and I'm like really like look at it just it's great. It's great for what it is. Just yeah. enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. It's just a fun story. Thanos was such a nice guy in the nineties. Right? Remember like, when he was hanging out with the Infinity Wall? Once he like got through up? his like godhood yeah, phase, yeah, yeah. he was like, Okay, let me try something different. Like, I just want to go farm, take care of my scarecrow, yeah. see my see my buddies once in a while. I'm gonna get on some adventures. Yeah, me and Adam know. Warlock are best friends. Yeah, Drax and I will like yeah. tumble a little bit, but yeah, whatever. It's exactly. all good in the end. Poor poor Thanos, what happened to you? Yeah. Someone didn't hug him enough. Uh, Agent Twim says, It'd make so much sense if little Nina grew up to be Blink, but that's not true, is it? Who's little Nina? I don't, I don't know. I, don't I need know. some context. Yeah. I need some context, Agent Twim. Yeah. We read a lot of comics every week. Uh, the, the next two I, I laughed at is I yeah. was posting them. He says, I hate to complain, but John Babcock's letters on Search for Cyclops yeah. had a ton of closed and not connected speech bubbles, and then he posts a picture we're, of what he was talking we're about. We're really sorry about that. Um, <laughs> that Search for Cyclops, which came out in like 2000, 2000, I think, and that probably no one who, actually, Marx probably edited it, yeah. so blame him. Yeah, blame Mike Marx. Um, but yeah, sorry about that. Uh, we'll edit it for the trade? <laughs> <laughs> Trey's been out for I don't like know. five, seven years. There you go. Sorry. We blew it. Mm -hmm. Chris Vaughn, Immortal Thor 99. Any plans to update the main image of Avengers Alliance? All the quote-unquote villains in the background are now playable. That's good. It's true. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very good point. You know what? I think I got a call with Justin Woods later this week. I'm going to mention this to him. Yeah. And I'm sure he will tell me where to go. Yeah. Because he has <laughs> enough stuff to do. <laughs> Has the Marvel Unlimited subscriber said been revealed yet? I was trying to figure what out what means. Chris was trying to say there. All right, well, hold on. Since he says, how about a nice Eyeless Watcher figure, although the idea of a Watcher action figure is kind of an oxymoron, so I'm assuming this is maybe, you know, how we do a the plus exclusive plus thing every year. Okay. So he's trying to say, what's what's the next one going to be? So if that is what you're talking about, then yes, we've revealed. It's a, a, a Rocket Raccoon mm -hmm. figure. Um, in like his blue rocket outfit, uh, the you know theme is Guardians of the Galaxy, so everybody will get new Guardians of the Galaxy um, uh, membership card. Art by Sarah Pakelli, brand Ooh. new art made for this. Um, there's going to be, I believe, a variant cover to Rocket Raccoon number one using said art. Um, so that'll be super valuable, mm -hmm. I believe. Uh, yeah, it's 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 pretty great. Yeah, um, and you know all the the perks, and we'll hopefully keep adding more and more and more. Yeah, kudos on the uh, idea of a watcher action figure being an oxymoron, though. Mm. That made me chuckle inside. Any plans for what if this year? I've heard rumblings. Yeah, I heard some tell, but, but nothing mm. official to yeah. announce yet. But yeah, there there are whispers around these halls. Yeah. Can we please stop with all the renumbering? The real reason people do not like the renumbering is because it's a royal pain in the tuchus. This must be John Cerulli under a different name mm -hmm. to file them in our long boxes. Uh, Chris, we relate, you know, as fans. I think renumbering is can be frustrating sometimes. At the end of the day, we've said it before. We'll say it again. It's it's a commercial thing. We're we're a business. It's easier a lot of times to sell new number ones to people. Um, it allows us. If we renumbered, you know, something like Avengers, maybe then we get to put out a comic like She-Hulk because with the money we make there, we can use it to reallocate else places. So it's, you know, 
it's dollars and cents at the end of the day, my friend. I understand where you're coming from, but it's probably not something that's going to change anytime soon. Yeah. I, if I had my druthers, mm. we would have new number ones every, every year. Week? Every, oh, every, for every, every week? Okay. Every book would start over at number one. Like a TV season? Yes. Yeah. I would that prefer that, but I am not in charge of this stuff. It's true. Uh, but I think that would make it so much easy, so easy for someone to come in brand new. That's what people do in TV shows. Right. They're like, oh, I missed last season, but uh, I'm just going to start yeah. here and hope I can jump right yeah. in. Yeah, and as much as, as you know, people who have a lot of comics, we, we feel for your problems yes. filing your long boxes. That is not high on our company <laughs> list of priorities to help you file in your long boxes. Yeah. Real I, talk. And also... As someone who is sort of OCD and loves organizing, oh, yeah. filing comics and long boxes Super is fun. one of the best yeah, things man. ever. And it's not a pain. You just, you know, when one series ends, you just go to the next one. You know? Treat issue number one of volume three like issue number 100 of volume two. Yeah. There you go. And you could also get the dividers. Oh, yeah. And like, then you get to, like, oh, volume two, three, or yeah. put the year. It's like, fun. there's a lot of fun stuff. Make you a could game do of it. Yeah. Have fun with it. Yeah. Uh, Fly from Hell says, download the uh, latest episode of This Week of Marvel podcast and then uses hashtag AFW, which oh, I don't know what that means. Hopefully it's something nice. Yes. Uh, Haywood says, last week's twim for him was Guardians uh, of the Galaxy number 18. Oh, I was so bummed out you were out the week yeah. that Guardians 18 came out. No, Nova, Quill, and Drax versus Thanos. Epic stuff. Yep. Uh I was reading, I was like, we're going to get the resolution. And it was like, no, there's multiple parts. No, it's like three parts. Damn we're it. definitely not finding out until the end of that. Um, and he says, uh, have you guys finished the Guardians of the Galaxy covert tasks? That's so, the, the simulator. Is the task. simulator ones? Okay, so I'm done with Drax and Rocket. I still have Groot and Gamora to go. Uh, the only one I have left to do is Groot's mm. last task that's where i'm at for him uh and that one's tough it's very tough like the the fire guys you know like yeah. the the little fire demons they they got me because i died and then my turn yeah. came up again and i had such low health what level, are, what level are you at seven i think yeah you've got to be at least six or seven to yeah. do that one it's freaking crazy yeah. i just tried it once yesterday so i'll try again today rocket took me a long time drax was surprisingly easy i found Hmm. I tore through him pretty quick. Gamora, you haven't done Gamora yet? I have a few of them. I was just waiting to level. The level last up. two Gamoras are, or at least the second to last one, I got stuck mm -hmm. on a couple times. And Fantastic. I had, to, I had to. I think we still have like a week left. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, until the ninth. Yeah. Johnny uh, Timpulse, Kyle Charles, Ernie Ladd, a.k.a. Big Cat. I got the reference. There Woo! we go. Hello. How long do you think Lesnar, how long do you guys think Brock Lesnar is going to be champion for? I think they'll they'll keep him champ for a Rumble or Mania. I'm they? hoping Mania. I've heard people saying they're worried that he's dropping it back to Cena United Champions. I think Ugh. that'd be crazy. Um, I would love to see him keep it all the way. In. It's interesting. I talk about this with some of like my wrestling fan friends who are like, oh, in fact, he's not on the show every week is terrible and it's really devaluing. I'm like, no, it makes it so much more special when he does show up. Yeah. And if he's gonna do, you know. It's, I guess, I don't know, it's because I guess we, we grew up in an era where you didn't get title defenses that often, and we only had, like, four pay-per-views a year. So, to me, you know, if Brock Lesnar's going to defend the title, like, once every month or once every other month, that's fine. Yeah. Paul Kogan used to go nine months without <laughs> defending the title, and we were fine with it. And you knew he wasn't going to lose it anyways. Yeah. So, 
I think it's good, and I hope he keeps it through Mania. Yeah, I. We don't even get many title defenses these days, anyway. Yeah. Uh, especially not the world title. Like yeah. they make a big deal if the tag titles are on the it's line. True. Uh, and That's what they should be doing. Yeah. That's what, well. I'm. Saying I want a TV title because I want I want there to be some stakes title. every. Well, there should be a TV title that's only defended on the network shows. It's only on like main event superstars. There's money there. Mm-hmm. There's money there. Nine ninety nine. Thinking about this. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I I think they keep it for a little, he keeps it for a little while. I can hope. we can we talk about the vaudevillains for a minute? Of course we can. Oh talk my about god, vaudevillains for a minute. The You've best. been catching up on NXT finally. Right? I'm I'm caught You're up. Caught up on NXT. Uh, yeah, yeah. So then, it's not. So this week is the last. Makes the finals of the tag team yes. t- contender tournament. So for for to take over coming up, we got the four way between Neville Zane. Your boy Tyler Breeze and uh, Megan's favorite Tyson Kidd. She <laughs> his favorite because she hates him, oh, okay. um, and she thinks he looks ridiculous <laughs> in his as she calls it Aladdin outfit. Nice. Um, and then we got Charlotte against Bailey, and then we got your other boy Enzo Amore against Enzo Sylvester Amore and Big Cass are Enzo Amore and Big Cass and the Vaudevillains are my favorite tag teams. Yeah. Outside of the Dust Brothers, probably, in wrestling yeah. right now. Really? Yeah. More than the Usos? I like the Usos a lot. I like the Usos. I think the Vaudevillains need to be hmm. right in the mix. Right in the mix? Yeah. I love the Vaudevillains. They are amazing. They are entertaining every second they're on the screen. And they're, they're, they're really good mm-hmm. in the ring. They're great entertainment value. It's like, just put them on the main yeah. roster. I'll tell you who's my NXT guy to watch mm. is uh, Kalisto because Rey Mysterio's out, yeah. seemingly. He may not be coming back. Alberto Durrell's gone. They've been trying to create this new Mexican star. He's good. He can go. He that, can talk. That, that's a great tag team, too. Yeah. Him and Sin Cara? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But that's I like a good him on use of Sin Cara, too. but yeah, definitely good yeah. on his own, but it's a lot of fun. They yeah. bring a lot of you know, high-energy, fast-paced stuff. The only, the only person I don't like on NXT... It's Mojo Rawley. <laughs> you just can't. I just can't get into Mojo Rawley. You're not good at staying hyped. I don't. I can't stay hyped. I can't no. even get hyped most of the time. Uh, Anyways. So that is our wrestling, your wrestling corner. An NXT special. Yeah. Um, conversation between Daredevil and his mom. This is still Kyle Charles. The conversation between Daredevil and his mom slash mom. Thank you for giving both versions. Mm-hmm. Was so touching. It nearly made me cry on the train to work. Aww. Sad. Yeah, it was uh, it was it was awesome. Oh, here we go. This is a big tweet. <laughs> oh my! And the only reason I pulled this, well, all right. Oh my! Gill tweets: Since Cyclops is dead in the Ultimate Universe, would you say they've gotten off scot free? Yeah. Hashtag sorry, not sorry. Also, Gill, you didn't use the proper this week in Marvel That's hashtag. True. You used twim, which is used by some I don't know football thing yeah that's why we use this wait is that really used by a football thing something i don't know there's there's other tweets i hope this ended up on their podcast yeah yeah it's rare that we'll actually respond to this week marvel tweets before the podcast we want to save them but we got right in on this and how terrible this was yes awful continues to be uh raf ab says finally got my hands on the ff civil war tie-in yikes some of these french superheroes look familiar Hashtag Horizon Labs. There was, yeah, it was like, uh, that was JMS and Mike McCone, and they brought in a bunch of random French superheroes. Because remember, Ben Grimm went to France rather than deal with Civil War? Forgot that, didn't you? Oh, yeah. He was a conscientious objector. He was a draft dodger. Ben Grimm. Okay. 
Yeah. Uh, Raf says, what was Star-Lord's ship named after? A, the actress slash comic book writer. B, the Italian city. C, the biscuits. The biscuits. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, think about where Star-Lord comes from, what era uh, of Earth he was a teenager in, who he might have had a crush he on. He wasn't a teenager, though. He was a kid. Or a kid. Still makes Still, sense. Yeah. Makes even more Hormones sense. were starting to rage. Yeah, no, it makes more sense because he was younger. Yeah. So... You know, you put you two go. and two together, you get seven. It's not the biscuits. No. Star-Lord UK just started this week in Marvel, and would just like to say thank you to Ben Morse, that's me, for fighting through illness to deliver us the Marvel news. You're welcome. Yeah, you were you were down. I was just recovering. It was rough. But we have never missed a week. No. And we will never miss a week. I told Cerilli that, John Cerilli, after I recorded. He's like, really? Why do you wait for Ronnie to get back? I was like, because Blake needs to go. We need to record this. We need to get it done. He's like... So you just if you miss a week, I go, we've never missed a week. Uh -uh. It's been 148 weeks and we've never missed a week. And he was shocked; he didn't know that. If we're both out a day, no. we will record at home. Oh yeah, if we have to. We've skyped from home before and yes. done this. We've yeah. gotten this done. We ain't missing it. No. It's, it's what we do. Yeah, knock on wood. <laughs> um, Travis Jones, Agent M, just want to thank you guys for not spoiling the end of New Avengers 23. All I can say is wow. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad we didn't spoil that. Yeah. Totes. Uh, Will Blattman, last one of the week, he says, uh, issue, Ms. Marvel Infinite, issue number one, uh, such a fun book and a must-read. It's on the Marvel app. I didn't even know we had a Ms. Marvel Infinite. Yeah, I believe uh, it's not a, like, a regular Infinite hmm. that was created to did, be an Infinite. Did just it was, take some Ms. Marvel yeah, stuff I, and make it into Yeah, because I think That's we did cool. something for Sana's uh, TEDx Teen Talk. Man, Sana. Just going Son on and on about that TEDx teen talk. <laughs> All she ever talks about. Superstar. Superstar. And then she's coming up with zero issues for no reason. <sighs> Next week, episode 150. <laughs> Holy crap. Guys, what's going to happen? Maybe we'll, we'll find a Nickelodeon yeah. to barge in. Well, it will be the Squadron Supreme Week, so hopefully we can get a special guest to talk Squadron Supreme Oh, that'd be great. Us. That'd be a nice way to celebrate 150 episodes. Totes my goats. Uh, all right, guys, stay uh, frosty? I don't know, man. Just get us out of here. This is Marvel, <laughs> your universe.